Hello, everyone. I'm Felipe. And I'm Lillian. And welcome to the Postmod Pod episode six. Seven. Sorry. This is like our wedding. Here we go. How many years have we been married? Episode, I'm just kidding. Episode seven. Um, we are the Postmodern family, and we're trying to make sense of current events. And um, so welcome. Welcome wherever you're listening from. We broadcast throughout the globe. We are a national, a global, excuse me, a global podcast system through Spotify and iTunes, um, as well as on our website, thepostmodernfamily.com. Okay, uh, so as usual, uh, we're going to get started with an icebreaker. That's right. So here we go. To break the ice. You ready for this one? Here we are. What was the worst style choice you ever made? What was the absolute, what was the worst style choice you ever made? I think a style that I know that you would absolutely hate that I'd made what, when white I was pants, in white, white bottom pants. Yeah, I, I wore, I was, um, I guess it was like a emo punk phase. Emo punk. What is that? What is emo punk? It's like, um, it's like dark eyeliner. Pattern. And oh your hair goodness. in like, uh, I wore my hair in like pigtails or buns, kind of like Chung uh-huh. Lee in Street Fighter buns. Mm. And then I would wear big pants, like like trousers that were really wide legged. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like a crop top that was very loud in color. And, right, um, right. and I would so- wear lots of like chokers, necklaces and bracelets. Okay. Uh, lots of like right. accessories as well. Right. right. <laughs> so this was in my teenage years. Right. Right. Okay. For me, uh, let's say for me, I sound distant. Tell me guys, how's the audio for you guys? You're always too loud when I'm editing, just so you know. I'm just loud in general, but how are the live streamers? Maybe it's your, yeah, it's your, your phones, your headphones. Try yeah. now. Okay. Hello. That's a little bit better. Okay. So for me, it would have to be the MC Hammer pants, the parachute. You pants. wore those? I had one pair <laughs> of black MC Hammer Da-da. parachute pants. I can't help but sound like it. Anyway, we'll see how it comes out in post. But um, yeah, so they were tight at the at the ankle. They were tight at the ankle mm-hmm. and then just big through the knee and thigh mm-hmm. and then they would come back tight at the waist wow yeah that's so, crazy yeah and then but i never mastered the whole dance yeah the dance <laughs> where you that's a good thing yeah yeah okay so um let's begin why don't you begin with all your right stories? so first of all we are americans living in the uk and we live a traditional family life um, and we are going to cover two or three stories and each, and then we'll chat about it. So if you haven't listened to our stuff before, it's all on our website, like Felipe said, as well as on iTunes podcasts uh, and Spotify. Um, but today I'm going to start out with the latest news. So the sad news that we heard about John McAfee, uh, he was found dead in his cell um when in um where was it in spain bolivia Um, in a in i think it was wasn't it in spain i think i'm not sure exactly where but um i found uh a interview of his wife 
talking about her last conversation with him. Uh-huh. It says, this is by Disclose.tv. It says, new, Janice McAfee, the widow of antivirus creator John McAfee, blames U.S. authorities for his death, says he was not suicidal. So mm-hmm. in case you didn't know, uh, John McAfee is the founder of McAfee Antivirus. And That's like a 90s thing. It's, right? Yeah, but it was huge everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, everyone had and, McAfee. Um, and, and he... Um, he went a little bit like, I don't know how to say rogue, I guess, in 2010. And he did a lot of drugs and and started like Matt Hancock doing. Did. No, no, no. John McAfee. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I have my, my brain is on Matt Hancock. But oh, okay. okay. Okay, John McAfee. Yes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, he was pretty much in exile, like running away from the law because he was accused of murdering his neighbor in somewhere else that was not the U.S. And anyway, um, so he was going to be, let's just listen to what she's got to say. Okay, so what I found really interesting about this woman, though, is that they met uh, when he had hired her for a night, apparently. Uh-huh. And he fell in love with her. It was like pretty this is a woman. prostitute, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like the story of pretty woman. Okay. And um, and they've so been happily talking. married for about eight years, I think, okay. since then. So here is the um video. Welcome, Nate Poff, my man. Ooh, ooh. John McAfee was not suicidal. I spoke with him a few hours before he was found dead. We spoke about the court's decision to extradite him to the US. It did not come as a surprise to either of us. We were prepared for that decision and had a plan of action already in place to appeal that decision. I blame the US authorities for this tragedy. Because of these politically motivated charges against him, my husband is now dead. His last words to me were, I love you, and I will call you in the evening. Those words are not words of someone who is suicidal. All John wanted to do was spend his remaining years fishing and drinking. He did not deserve to die in a filthy prison like a caged animal. We knew that there would be an uphill battle to continue to fight this situation, but he's a fighter. He's always a fighter and anybody that knows John, that knows him even a little bit knows that about him. He would never quit this way. He would never take his life in this way. I didn't believe he did this and, and I will get answers. I want answers of how this was able to happen. Yeah, so what's crazy in case you don't know what's happening here is um, everyone is saying that he was suicided um, that the reports that came back said that it looked like suicide, that he committed suicide, but he tweeted only about a week or two weeks before but, but that. But why do we, why do we care about McAfee, McAfee? I just think it's interesting that, um, he kind of foreshadowed this, that he said that if he was going to be killed off, it would be mm. like an Epstein, mm. that he, it would happen like that, mm. that, um, he probably didn't do it. Mm. <laughs> and I just wanted to find that tweet. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm talking about it because I feel like 
we are in this era of um, big government and um, mainstream media that run stories however they want. And, mm-hmm. and clearly it sound it seems like he was killed off for who knows what he knew. Um, but I just wanted to find that tweet that he said, um, Uh, let's see. So yeah, he said a lot of uh, a lot of controversial things. I think he he came out straight away and said, "Don't take the vaccine." Um, many people considered him a high wizard of conspiracy theorists, and uh, he had an operation in which he was mining a lot of Bitcoin or a lot of crypto coin. And he threatened that if he were to pass away, if he was to be suicided, he would release uh, reams and reams of data that would implicate lots of uh, powerful people. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm getting indications here and there on the Twitter sphere and other places that th- th- that's coming and it's happening. But I don't know. I've, I, I'm, I'm gun shy from the whole QN on. Trump election thing and believing people that say these sorts of things. So we'll see when it happens. Um, I can't get past all these ads. Like, like trying to read this article, it had it, and then you know how it like reloads. Golgotha says he had he had info on powerful people. He admitted it on camera. That's why they went after him. He said some departments of the U.S. government were the largest trafficker of people and drugs. Um. So shall we? Everyone has all these. Okay. He says, oh, that's not the one I wanted. It says, getting subtle messages from the U.S. officials saying, in effect, quote, we're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm. And then there's a picture of his tattoo. So he did see it. And then he made several other tweets that says like, I'm comfortable here. I like the food here. I'm content here. Uh, I have friends here. Mm -hmm. You know, if I kill myself a la Epstein, Mm -hmm. you know what happened for really. He seemed really suspicious of this happening. And um, I believe him. I think. So you highlight the story because it points to the fact that there isn't rule of law and that powerful people are just doing whatever they want. Yeah, and I feel like you have to be careful um, Mm -hmm. that you can't just believe what the mainstream media wants you to believe and what Mm -hmm. government officials want you to believe. Yeah. Because it seems like the people who are looking for the truth aren't the government officials, aren't the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. The people who are looking for the truth tend to be the ones on Twitter and his his wife. You know, these people are saying these things that it does does not look like suicide. Well, why are the government officials reporting that it is? Mm. I'm just I'm just eager to see if there's any data that he releases. mm. I want to see that. I mean, the it was such a revelation in 20. um, Julian Assange. Yeah, 2016 with Julian Assange mm-hmm. and just dropping yeah. emails and it was great. So he might, yeah, he might have a whole treasure trove of stuff, which is why he was offed. But 
Uh, yeah, so that's my first one. I don't okay. know. Are there any comments from our our YouTube video uh, viewers? It says um, we only know a part of the corruption the CIA gets up to. Paul says, um, "Good riddance to McAfee." Buster X says, mm-hmm. "Moody BL says it's conspiracy theories dream." Um, and then Keystar G60, who's been watching our channel for years, Keystar 60, I know that name, says extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. Basically, we'll see what happens. But yeah. I feel bad for him because it seemed it does seem like near the end of his life, he truly did want to just fish and hang out with yeah. his wife. And they seem yeah. really happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard for someone to find true happiness when you're a billionaire or whatever you are. And yeah. So, yeah. Okay. My second story is related because I'm just wondering if you want, if you still believe in government officials, listen to this. This is a tweet by a CDC gov, which is an American, I realize, Center for Disease Control. And it says, if you've already had hashtag COVID-19 and recovered, you should still get vaccinated against COVID-19. True or false? And it was a poll. And so the results were are currently, after 23,966, so almost 24,000 votes, mm. 34% true, 66% false. And I just wanted to mention it just because the, um, the, the comments here are so funny and they're so good mm. because some of the people are saying, is the CDC really asking us like they don't know? Mm. Um, other people are saying, was this sponsored by Moderna? Right. Mm. Um, and then and then people sh- sharing actual studies that say um, the study find the study findings reveal that individuals with previous SARS-CoV-2 infection do not get additional benefits from vaccination, indicating that COVID-19 vaccines should be prioritized to individuals without prior infection. So most of what I see is like, you know, what a stupid question that they're asking and what propaganda mm-hmm. this is. And then, of course, you get the um, the odd doctor here and there saying, you know, this is why this is why we are still in lockdown, mm-hmm. because people don't believe in the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, people under that go just totally shaming that person, that mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a point where there there's so many um, there's so many lies. I feel mm-hmm. like there's so much manipulation of the truth that mm-hmm. people they're they're crossing wires now, mm-hmm. and the basically the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the more we just try and find and we try and speak the truth, the more we're going to get out of this. But um, what I notice is the the idea that the vaccine, first of all, um, the fact that you get COVID and then right in the beginning when they were saying, oh, you can now get your vaccine, I thought, okay, that's fine for people who haven't had COVID, obviously, right? Because mm-hmm. the traditional vaccine, for example, chickenpox, if you've gotten chickenpox, and mm-hmm. you heal from it and you have immunity, then you don't need to get the chicken pox vaccine, mm-hmm. right? So then when people were saying, oh yeah, I, I already had COVID, but I'm still getting the vaccine. I was like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Doesn't it, mm-hmm. isn't it supposed to prevent you from getting 
coronavirus, even though you've already had it and you've already mm. built up natural immunity, why are you still getting it? Mm. And they said, oh, it's because you can still pass it on, right? Mm. But then now they're saying, oh, all the people who are fully vaccinated have free passes to go everywhere. Mm. And um, because why? Mm. Because they can't pass it on? No, mm. clearly not. That's not what they argued to begin with. Mm. So there's a great contradiction right there. Mm. Have you heard that? No. Yeah, like the um, video of the um, Ascot party. Did you see that? Mm. So, oh, I should play that. The Royal Ascot, they were partying. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the Queen was there, wasn't the she? The Queen showed up, yeah. But the this was just like camera footage, uh, phone footage. And people were in uproar that mm. these elites got mm. to not social distance. No one was wearing masks. They were all mm. partying and drinking and dancing and singing. Yeah. And... And yet everyone else is just still locked down in their homes. You can't have weddings. You can't have funerals over 30. And there's like way more than 30 in this, in mm. this crowd. Um, and then it, oh, that was what I wanted to share. So then someone asked Matt Hancock, you know, why, it, what, what's going on here? Is there a double standard? Mm -hmm. And, oh, I've got to find that video. So go ahead and you talk and I'll find that video. <laughs> Well, what I was going to say is that um, I've been more, over the years, I've been more and more persuaded in, uh, in that the change in which countries are ruled, in the West at least, from an hereditary leading class to a popularly elected any man's game kind of situation. It's set up a situation where who are the most powerful today in the West? It's the wealthy, basically. It's the, uh, but not just the wealthy, but the uh, big corporations. And big corporations are multinational. They are like hives that just go searching for food wherever they'll find it mm -hmm. and, and want are self-interested basically they have no um no patriotic duty or obligation or loyalty to the country their country of origin at all so when po political parties and political institutions and politicians are manipulated and beholden and paid off by entities that have no vested interest in the success of their country that's the situation today. Now, if you compare, if you compare that to how things used to be, I'm not saying used to be perfect, but where you had a ruling class that was hereditary, these people's lands, these people's homes, these people's families were part of the soil, were, were they've bled on the soil, they haven't you have built-in loyalties to their country. I mean, mm -hmm. we're an example of a kind of a nomadic people. We, you and, you and I, you mm -hmm. and I, we've, our families have left uh, communist-ridden uh, countries and come to the West. And we spent a couple of decades in the U.S. and now have come here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm not saying we don't love the U.K. or we don't love America, but it makes... The love of an of an individual who has eight generations behind him 
that have shed blood uh, for freedom and shed blood for, for country and done things for the country, they're less likely to just pack bags and go mm -hmm. when things get difficult. Right. So I'm becoming more and more persuaded that as we see big pharmaceuticals controlling government policy, as we see corporations ramming down Alphabet Soup uh, initiative, and all these corporations are just opportunists uh, looking to uh, enrich themselves. And they're not, they don't have vested interest in the virtue and goodness mm. of their country. So they so, want, they're kind of like, um, like transformers where they come in and they use up the resources. Of yeah, they're the, the Decepticons, yeah. basically. They're just here to pillage. And, um, and so is this really the situation that we want to be in? Mm. Or are we going to see, not unlike how in, in British history, where Cromwell came in and established by force the Republic, and then the British people said, actually, you're a bigger tyrant than the king is, uh, or king was, so let's invite the monarchy back in. Mm. Is there going to be a swing back? And I hope there is. I hope there is. So I found the video. This is Good Morning Britain interviewing Matt Hancock. And this is not about the Ascot. This is about the football and how they're able to continue. And that there was a case that, that um, a positive COVID case on the team. Did you hear about this? No. And they didn't have to shut down or something. Oh, yes. So I did. here's this interview. Bigger weddings. We all want that joy. Okay, Why? back to here. One, two, three, go. Brought to you morning. off the back of that discussion about the football because a lot of people thinking, hang on a moment, if the Scotland team don't need to isolate after one of their number has tested positive for COVID, how come whole classes of children are being sent home after one case of COVID in the class? Can you explain? Well, of course, the, the Scotland team are in a, a bubble uh, together. There are uh, it, it, critical processes, obviously, that are written down, and I'm assured that they're following these assiduously. Um, and they are, these, they're designed so that, the, so that the competition can go ahead. Now, you know, thankfully, England and Wales are both through to the last 16, and I wish... Scotland every every chance. I really Hang hope that they moment. can get sorry, through as well. Just, It'd be sorry, great to have anybody, three home nations. Yes, the whole point of a bubble, <laughs> sorry, under your rules, under the whole point of a bubble is that if someone tests positive in a bubble, then the bubble goes into isolation. But what you've said is there is a competition going on um, and that seems to be trumping our coronavirus rules. Am I right? Well, the the rules with respect to the uh, the Scotland team playing in Scotland are uh, are written by and a matter for Public Health Scotland, and I'm assured that the Scotland team are following them assiduously, and that is a matter for the Scotland manager. Uh, but I also very much hope that that we can you know keep this competition going because it's bringing so much joy to so many people. Yeah, but hang on, Mr Hancock, you seem to be saying, well, hang on, it's football, let's keep the joy going. But we all want joy in our lives. Everybody wants joy in our lives. We want to go on holiday. We want parties. We want bigger weddings. We all want that joy. Why are you putting more priority on this football tournament than our safety and everybody's safety? Why is it? 
one rule for footballers and one rule for others. And this is a very dangerous message. And you have said the nation has to come together, but we're not on this occasion. Well, throughout the pandemic, we've had specific rules for elite sports um, to make sure that those sports can carry on, right? All the way through this winter, the Premier League uh, continued, for instance, the Scottish Football League continued, and it did so by having specific testing regimes and specific rules around it. And I'm assured that the Scotland team are following those rules. So we put that in place for a reason, which is that, you know, this winter was tough enough even with the football on the telly. And of course, we all want to get out of these restrictions. And, you know, ultimately, it is the vaccine that is the way out of it. But we have got a specific set of rules, both for the... Uh... Um, he didn't answer it. He didn't answer it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did what politicians do. They just filibuster. So what do you That's think? What gets paid for. Do you think that the Scotland team should have isolated and shut down, like not played games because of? No, I think everyone should be back to normal. You know my view on that. So. Yeah, I know. But so, but he is really trying to dance around this, and clearly, I hope people are watching it. I hope they're seeing the hypocrisy. Well, this is the one thing that uh, I've noticed that British people have very low tolerance for i think americans have a higher tolerance for it and that's mm. hypocrisy in their government officials and in the people the elite class whenever the elite class try to pull off a do as i say not as i do mm -hmm. hell breaks loose oh yeah i mean instantly <laughs> i mean he hancock has been which we'll get to is yes. my first story has been savaged yes massively and he sh and the calling for his sack is uh is ringing through the whole country but i think that i think hey, let's go to your story now okay, because i let's think go it's, to my story here it you go. looks like the cards are falling the in place now. oh okay distracting me here we go okay my first story is the uh long anticipated i'm sure everyone joined the live chat for this story and it is matt hancock has apologized for breaking social distancing rules after being accused of having an affair with a close aide. According to the Sun newspaper, Health Secretary Matt Hancock has been having an affair with his aide, Gina Coladangelo. The tabloid published a photo allegedly showing the pair kissing at his Whitehall office in May when social distancing rules for workplaces were in place. Matt Hancock has since issued a statement admitting he breached the social distancing guidance in these circumstances, but did not respond to calls for his resignation by the opposition. And there's the picture. He's Snogging. grabbing that. He's grabbing that tush too. It, he's not just kissing. They are making <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> so um yeah, so the, the thing that's interesting is that he hasn't apologized for the affair. He just apologizes for violating <laughs> social distancing. <laughs> Who cares about his wife, what she thinks? Yeah, but it seems like it's been going on for a while. And it seems like people are suggesting that he brought her on. He only brought her on in, um, in March. Just a fly on the microphone. Get out of there. Oh my goodness. Hey, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> he only brought her on in March. Okay. Um, of 2020. So, of, of 2021. 2021. And wow. so people are suggesting that 
he was having schnookums before oh and therefore there was a conflict of interest and he brought her on specifically he rewarded his mistress really that's what they're suggesting goodness i don't know if that's true but what is also interesting about the story is that the angle of the camera is from inside his office Huh. It's from that's inside of his office. That, yeah. So oh, he leans against door. the door right. so that no one comes into the office. Right. right. Um, and you'd think that he would be aware, having worked in his office yeah. of CCT cameras, yeah. CCTV cameras in his office. So it seems like it was a planted camera that yeah, he wasn't aware maybe. of. Mm. And so someone who knew this affair was happening planted the camera to get the evidence and publicize it mm. and thereby bring him down. So it's just the plot. This is a soap opera. This is better than, is this what EastEnders is like? I wonder. <laughs> well, um, I think, I think it's a part of a plan. I personally yeah. think that, that if they didn't want him to go down, they wouldn't have allowed this footage to get out. So I think they've. You mean, who's they? I the think media. the government. Oh. I think the government. You think they wield that much control? I do. I I kind You're of. Just, I feel like they're get, big brother. Get your get your tin well, foil if they hat can, out. If they can um, block all of the you know reports of the protests in mm. you know thousands of people in London City, yeah. Um, then I'm sure they could block that. When you image. say block, what does that mean? Take Not- it down. Anytime it shows up on the internet, take it down. Just take mm. it down, and like no one would be able to see it. Mm. that is what right that is what orwell right prophesied he named it that people it. would be deleting some i remember reading that book <laughs> as a child mm-hmm. and thinking how would they be able to delete what's printed because yeah, yeah. back then you would read things in printed yeah. books yeah, yeah, or yeah. magazines but no it's happening now where we read everything on digital you know mm-hmm. online and it's so easy for it to just disappear like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, if it means that this is the beginning of the end of lockdown and that Man- Hancock is going to be scapegoated. I think so. Well, okay, I'm good with that. He's a sacrificial sacrificial goat uh, for But for it doesn't ritual. mean that the government is going to let go of any of the power that they've already taken. And as I was telling you earlier, this is um, not unlike the Imperial College scientist uh, or Imperial University. I can't remember what it's called, but in which during first lockdown, he developed the pandemic model showing how many deaths would occur if there wasn't a lockdown. And I think it predicted some insane I number, know. like a million or half a million within two weeks or within a month. Mm-hmm. And on the basis of that model, the government instituted the first lockdown. Yeah. And um, while he was working on the COBRA committee or whatever, you know, he was having an affair with some blonde, you know, red lipstick kind of floozy if I, if I may and um over at his at his place mm. being married etc during yeah. lockdown yeah so i think historically this is the thing is that historically it's it's as it's always as ever been the case you can rely they say that there's two things that are certain in life death and taxes but i think the other thing you can rely on is that the ruling elite will have one rule for them and one rule for you. Mm-hmm. It's always been the case. Um, even in the you know, US, 
presidents have had affairs for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the thing that's interesting is that no longer the difference is that the people that are in power have little vested interest in the country anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's, is it disappointing that they're violating their own standards? Yes, it is. But that happens. It's normal. What's different and disappointing is that these people don't have vested interest in the country that um, I'm sure they have shares in pharmaceuticals. I'm sure they have making money off these things mm-hmm. um, off of face masks, whatever it might be. Um, people are now bought and paid for um, money. The dollar is king or money is king. I think um, Chaikot the jester says it's Neil Ferguson. Yeah, Neil Ferguson, Professor exactly. Pants Down. Yes, Professor Pants <laughs> Down. And then um, Paul Kay says that it's probably Cummings. Cummings hated Hancock. He will be the one behind this photo being released. Uh, Dominic yes. Cummings. He is the. He looks like. Um, he looks like uh, Mr. Smithers. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He's just demonic looking. He looks, I just remember in um, in the Spitting Image, he was portrayed as like a vampire. Right? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> looked pretty good. <laughs> And then, um, and then a nice, the Phantom Pain quotes Orwell here. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. Mm, there you have it. Mm-hmm. And my second and last story um, is on the BBC. I don't usually quote the BBC, but um, there you have it. Uh, BBC News, the title of the uh, news article is Nike Boss Defends Firms Business in China. The boss of Nike has made a robust defense of the firm's business in China after facing a consumer boycott there. Hmm, So a consumer boycott in China. Interesting. Chief Executive John Donahue said, quote, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China. End quote. In response to a question about competition from Chinese brands, mm-hmm. Mr. Donahue was speaking during a call with Wall Street analysts about Nike's latest earnings report. The comments come after the sportswear giant was recently hit by a backlash over statements about, is it Xinhuang? Xinhuang? How do you pronounce that province that starts with an X? I can't see it. Oh. Xinjiang. Xinjiang. Xinjiang, I was way off. Xinjiang. Mr. Donahue made the comments during a discussion on Nike's fourth quarter earnings, which showed revenues had doubled to a better than expected $12.3 billion for the three months to the end of March. Can you imagine making $12.3 billion in, in a quarter? I can't, in one I can't quarter. Imagine. I don't even know what that looks like. That helped it bounce back to a $1.5 billion profit from a 790 million loss during the depths of the pandemic a year earlier. The figures also showed that revenue in China rose to more than 1.9 billion, but missed Wall Street's expectations of 2.2 billion. Mr. Donahue said he remained confident that China would continue to be a fast growing market for the company due to its many years of investments there. Okay, now, why was Nike boycotted in China? Several Western brands, including Nike and Swedish fashion retailer H&M, I didn't know H&M was Swedish, Hmm. recently faced a backlash from Chinese shoppers after the firms expressed concerns about the alleged use of Uyghur, Uyghur? Yeah. Uyghur forced labor and cotton production. In March, a group of Western countries imposed sanctions on officials in China 
over rights abuses against the mostly Muslim Uyghur minority group. The sanctions were introduced as coordinated effort by the European Union, UK, US, and Canada. In December, the BBC published an investigation based on new research showing China was forcing hundreds of thousands of minorities, including Uyghurs, into manual labor in Xinjiang, what is it? Xinjiang. Xinjiang, Xinjiang's cotton fields. What is Xinjiang and who are the Uyghurs? Mm. Xinjiang, China's biggest region, produces about a fifth of the world's cotton. Wow. An autonomous region in theory that is seems self-governing, I guess. Mm. In reality, it faces restrictions which have only increased in recent years. Millions of China's Uyghurs, a Muslim minority that sees itself as culturally and ethnically close to Central Asian nations, live in Xinjiang. In recent decades, mass migration of Han Chinese, Chinese ethnic majority, to Xinjiang has fueled tensions with Uyghurs, which has at points flared into deadly violence. Mm. This has resulted in a massive security crackdown and an extensive state surveillance program, which critics say violate Uyghur human rights. China says such measures are necessary to combat separatism and terrorism. Uyghurs have been detained at camps where allegations of torture, forced labor, and sexual abuse have emerged. China has denied these claims, saying the camps are re-education facilities aimed at lifting Uyghurs out of poverty. Have you seen those propaganda videos about the Uyghurs' um, schools and how they how they are re-educating? There was a they put TVs in there front was of them a video. or something. No, it just showed them in a classroom and they okay. were singing Chinese traditional songs mm. and and the the Uyghur people were like, oh, this is nice. And mm. I like to learn about this tradition yeah. and <laughs> with a gun to their head <laughs> behind the camera, behind the camera. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So this is what I mean. This is the theme of Uyghurs, Uyghurs. Oh. Paul Cannon says Uyghurs, Uyghurs. OK, mm. didn't you know that? What's that? Did you know that it was Uyghurs? No, I don't think it's a Chinese word. It's like a, oh, it's like a Muslim word, yeah. or Arabic or something. Yeah. Do they speak Arabic? Does anyone know? Anyway, um, this is what I was saying: is that Nike is is just a blood sucking entity that yeah. just seeks to enrich itself to mm-hmm. an American company to come out and say we are for China by China. Yeah. And and then to uh, be complicit, basically. With, with what's happened, yeah, with what's happening there in China. I'm saying they have no allegiances whatsoever. And um, I think a day is coming when the pendulum is going to swing back and these com- these, com- these companies um, are going to be castrated um, and they're power bound mm-hmm. because um, we are seeing the fruits of their existence now where they have no no uh no no compunction whatsoever Mm -hmm. whatsoever whatever leads them to greater profits that is what they will do yeah that's terrible and you've seen the video of the the latrine of prisoners being taken into the in china in china the the uyghur people were um there's like pictures or maybe video i forget uh and they have like their their heads are shaved did you remember this? No. Their, their heads are shaved and they're walking in two by twos into this like train, I think it was. Um, God loves a trier, Felipe, Paul Cannon says. Trier? Yeah, I keep trying. Oh. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Xing Chong, Xing Chong. <laughs> Xing Chong is Hongshui Xing. Yeah, so it's really terrible that yeah. that no, it seems like no one is doing anything about it. That's all what's the, really all bad. the virtue signalers of of uh, of uh, racism mm. and uh, homophobia and, uh, and and destroying the climate and the earth. No one dares raise a finger at China. Mm. No one dares protest at the Chinese embassy. Yeah, why is that? Like no one is pointing the finger at China except Trump was uh, regarding this coronavirus outbreak and then, you know, hiding information or whatever about when they actually had the outbreak. And then um, now that we know that it's possibly man-made in one of their facilities. I think because a lot of these... Is it possible that it, all the modern ideologies have been now weaponized and taken advantage of by Chinese psyops, basically, or Probably. enemies of the West? So the because they did it very clever. They did it at uh, the first diplomatic, official diplomatic session between the U.S. and the U.K. Hmm. I mean, the U.S. and China, where the U.S. critiqued the Chinese delegation for the Uyghurs. Mm-hmm. This Uyghurs, yeah. Right? God loves a good trier. So the Uyghurs and, mm-hmm. and the Chinese shot right back and said, look at your own people who are critiquing you for racism. Mm-hmm. Your problem is endemic. Mm-hmm. And you have racist cops. Mm-hmm. You have violence in your cities. How dare you have no moral stature mm-hmm. to criticize me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was proper strategic yeah. pushback. They're ready for that. They're ready for that. Yeah. They, I think... They think that their culture is the best. So yeah. they have no moral problem with re, re-educating, quote-unquote, yeah. um, the minorities yeah. in their country yeah. to fit. This is basically like forced assimilation. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And But anyway, I don't. we don't know what the condition of their re-education camps are. We don't know what it's like. Yeah. There have been They're some hiding. cameras snuck in there. Here and there, but um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I think I think um, politicians bought and paid for by multinationals, and uh, those multinationals probably on their boards have individuals who uh, span across many companies and are pulling the strings. Mm. And um, the West is destroying itself, and China is uh, taking advantage. I think, mm-hmm. and so we are. We must brace for some interesting times, I think. Either either the um, a subset of the West will wake up and push back or, um, or we're headed for a Chinese hegemony in the next yeah. a Chinese century. I don't know what's going to happen. With how much the West, America and the UK have just been printing money yeah. and we've already have such a huge debt in yeah. both of these countries. I wonder who's been buying China new money but that then that then that hobbles them because the west Uh, could just say well forget it I'm not paying anything I don't know they could just stop paying the interest on those debts I don't think who's buying does anyone know know. who's been buying the majority of the the new printed money I don't know I don't know anyway okay so shall we then end with a little AMA or are we ending the podcast yeah we'll end the podcast now and then we'll do some uh, question answers with our YouTube people. So yes. Okay. Well, 
Thanks so much for tuning in to episode seven. We hope you enjoyed this uh, informal round the table conversation on current events. If you have any suggestions, um, you can email us at thepostmodernfamily@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you just want to make a comment and you just want to feedback, um, you can send us and we'll read it. We'll read the email, but also on our iTunes and Spotify. If you want to rate the podcast, rate it five stars, nothing less, please. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye.